As you guys know, I don't really know how to start the podcast yet. So he's doing it twice this time. And normally when I say I don't know how to start it, I mean like how, how to start it format-wise, but maybe I don't know how to start it functionally either because... Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> once again, we weren't recording. But uh, So it'll either start with us just talking to ourselves for no reason without the thing actually recording, or maybe something a little like, Welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where every week my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before, and we'll talk the heck out of it. I really feel like there's another phrase I usually say there that I'm missing. So I added talk the heck out of it. Do you think that's for t-shirts? Uh, no, I like it. Sure. It flows. <laughs> there's something there. There's something we're missing. It's okay. Uh, this week, my guests returning are Robbie. Hey. And not returning because this is his first time on. Anthony. How's it going? I liked that bit the first time. I'm <laughs> keeping it. Uh, and the movie we're going to talk about this week is 2011's Moneyball. Good it's, movie. I like it. Yep. It's the start of uh, Chris Pratt's career. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd seen him in a movie before this. Just ever would, I think. That, that was up, So my first note like on that was I had, I missed old Jonah Hill. And then Chris Pratt came on. And I was like, I miss old Chris <laughs> Pratt. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he looks 15. Yeah. He really does, yeah. Because this must have been tiny. before like Parks and Rec, right? Um, Must be, right? 2011? So probably. Yeah. I, I don't have Parks and Rec. I just have Moneyball info in front of me, maybe. not Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we get too much into the movie, we should say, I love this movie. I've seen it a bunch. I watched it. This is actually the first movie I watched this year, technically, because I was watching it um, after midnight on New Year's. Um, but this was the first time for both of you. I yep. get it because like the ball drops, money ball. I didn't put that together. It was just one of those things where I saw money ball on TV and then I was like, hmm, I'm going to have to watch all that later because I love watching that movie. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, we should talk a little bit about stuff that we all have watched this week again. Um, uh, how about them Oscars? It didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Add in a slap bit. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, what, what is there really to say? I think there's stuff that, you know, stuff that won that we liked, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I had friends come in from uh, Baltimore, and I showed them around all of Providence, even brought them to Fall River, which is a very unique thing to see, you know yeah. what I mean? And then Sunday night, I got, uh, I was getting some hot wieners down at Olneyville Station. Oh, nice. At uh, 1.30 in the morning, so I, I missed the Oscars completely. Oh, just probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> It went on, uh, they cut so many categories from the live broadcast, and then it was, I think, like 30 minutes longer than last right. year. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it, sense. It was it's very, like, hit, hit or miss. There were some parts that were great, and then there were just other parts where it was like, can I fast forward, please? What I want in the future is for them to talk about the movies more. Right. I feel like they really didn't do that that right, much this right, year. Right. Um, they didn't talk about the movies as much this year. They presented eight less categories live, and it still went on longer. Right. So it was just a lot more stuff yeah. that filled up the margins. I do like, though, that when that happened, the, the feed cuts, but you have to go to European TV to get the <laughs> clips because yep. it, God forbid, violence in America. Yeah. You can't show that, though. You know yeah. what I mean? It was swearing on live TV. I think that was the big part that... Yeah, it was really weird in the moment because they were mostly... I mean, they cut to Will Smith eventually, but they're mostly showing Chris Rock, and you can see his mouth isn't moving, and the sound's just out. Yeah. What's happening? And then and, uh, it turns out Chris... Uh, Turns out Will Smith was screaming swears the whole time. Well, th so they cut the sound and then they close up on Will Smith's face and like he articulates. So you, yeah, I we, knew we, what he said. Even it was keep my wife's like you could see yeah. like the 
Yeah. We until we actually heard it, I didn't realize quite how much he was screaming it. Oh yeah. But you could tell what he was saying and like that he was crying and <laughs> like what is going on? Yeah. I felt I felt really bad for Questlove and his team that from uh, Summer Soul, which won the award that Chris Rock was presenting for best documentary, yeah. a movie that I loved. Um, and then he was trying to make a point about how important it is to the community and stuff. This movie of this event that was this huge cultural moment that it was as big as Woodstock, but because it was in Harlem, got erased and kind of lost to time. Right. I'll um, be honest. And just completely overshadowed. Didn't yeah. even like process a single word of it. You know, yeah. like you just, you didn't. Nah. So that is a big. Yeah. yeah so. Your point, yeah. So uh, watch Summer Soul. I think it's still on Hulu. It's yeah. great. <laughs> um, for some reason, we talked about Tom Holland for like five minutes. And yep. We've done that a lot. I, I would love to see some uh, like data on how many times Tom Holland has come up on our podcast. I mean, we talk about like the current state of movies and the future of movies, and he's part of it. That's right. But if you're in middle school now, right, think about... He's the guy, right? Uh, he's he's the Leo DiCaprio of when we were in oh, middle yeah. school, like like you guys did Titanic a, f- a few weeks ago. Like yeah. that's think of that's him now. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. No, he's he is the guy right for right now. So of course he wasn't at the Oscars because why would you have him <laughs> right? Just exactly. Zendaya. Oh, I think he was, I mean they like was, Zendaya too. But. He was busy, I think. Like he was filming. I don't know. <laughs> you find a way to get him there, though, right? <laughs> that's fair. That's true. That is true. He's the number one movie of all time, right? And if you want a new generation watching the Oscars, you got to get the new generation in there. Technically, Avatar edged back past Avengers Endgame, so he's no longer in the big, biggest movie of all time. Well, but, yeah. Didn't No Way Home yeah, take it? that's what I thought. Not, not of all time, but certainly the last several years. I think, I think it's like number four of all time, which is crazy. Right. Coming out when it did, that it got that high. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and don't quote me on that. I don't have that info in front of me. But they, it got to a very impressive number, and it's certainly the biggest movie of the last several years. Hmm. By uh, beyond a long shot, it was like two point two billion or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy, just crazy. Um, and we did it again. We talked about Tom Holland for five minutes. <laughs> um, one thing I did see this week that I really enjoyed was everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. That me and a couple friends, but not Robbie, um, went to see at the uh, Providence IMAX on Wednesday night this week. There was a one night engagement at IMAX theaters around the country for that movie, and I'm really glad I saw it in that. Great movie starring Michelle Yeoh. Uh, I didn't mention the first time, Ki Huey Kwan, who is, um, you would know as the young Asian sidekick from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, no way. Okay. And uh, as the young Asian guy in Goonies. Yep. And I haven't seen him in anything else, and he is amazing in this movie. Oh, nice. (laughs) He plays uh, Michelle Yeoh's husband. And, um, yeah, I haven't seen him since he was a kid in a movie. I guess he's done a lot of behind-the-camera stuff. Sure, and, sure. But uh, he's also awesome Coming in back into the fold. Yeah, so that's a great movie. It's by Daniels, two guys named Daniel. Um, and that's just, it's it's an incredible movie. And um, the best way I can describe it is to once again steal what Sean Fantasy said about it on the Big Picture podcast. Um, it's a combination of Hong Kong action, Terry Gilliam's absurdist uh, movies, and Looney Tunes. That's, I think, the best way to describe it. It's so good. Yeah. I've seen the trailer a few times, so. Yeah. It was super funny, too. And I just like funny. I think it's also fun to tell people, like, oh, this week I watched everything, everywhere, all at once. It's like, <laughs> okay, man. How did you, you find like, the time? Uh, uh, crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good movie. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, Moneyball. 
Both of you guys are new at this, but I think, Anthony, you're going to give us our one-minute plot summary for yeah. 2011's Moneyball. A former top baseball prospect failed to make it in the big leagues, radically changes baseball after losing the 2001 ALDS to the damn Yankees. And the Bronx Bombers spent about $115 million. The A's spent about $40 million. So this movie's about, and they have to replace the Triple J, Jason Giambi, Jason, Johnny Damon, and Jason Isringhausen. Yep. He does that with a bunch of scrubs like Scott Hatterberg. Uh, he does it cheaper. His owner's very happy. But at the end of the day, they still don't win. And that's how the movie basically ends. I said it was the sports equivalent of everybody dying at the end. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. And like, yeah. and we, we already talked about this a little bit, but like, I think it's a happy ending. <laughs> it's him staying true to his principles and he doesn't want to make money. For 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, they well, never like, won. Him not going to the Red Sox, absolutely. Like that's, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, that was a great portrayal of John Henry at the end. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he's a like just weird. a little weird. Yeah, yeah, just weird enough. Yeah, that's like any any rich people are always like, well, you gotta have some weirdness socially. So, and just just for our viewers at home, I'm the equivalent of like your girlfriend. You have to explain sports to. I do not watch sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the, like the all, Red Sox owner John Henry. I, I, who's I got that like, from context. What I'm do like I that. do? Like a like yeah. wool scarf or? <laughs> I could. I got that from him. That was a very good. Uh, but I figured I'd get that out of the way on the top because I definitely yeah. do have some questions on here that people will be like, "How the fuck do you?" But, not but do I like that? the way you described it as a baseball movie with not a lot of baseball in it. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So because, it's just about the mechanics of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, he keeps saying and the front office help, stuff yeah. can't help but be romantic about baseball. And I think they do a really good job of showing the why for that, because for somebody that can't stand watching baseball to actually feel emotionally invested in the movie. Yeah. That's that's some good filming shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do. I mean, that that ends up being the heart of it is that they're trying to get it down to one number. Right. Um, they're trying to kind of take the emotion, the gut feel out of scouting and recruiting. Um, and then the first time he says it's hard not to feel romantic about baseball, he's saying it as kind of like a derogatory thing. Yeah. And then when it comes back a few scenes later, you're like, oh, okay, this is what the movie's trying to exactly, do. Right. And I think the sabermetrics crowd always sort of gets lumped into this kind of like, oh, they don't know um, what we know about baseball, what basically the arguments that are made by the scouts in this movie um, so I think it makes a good point to being like, no, you can like, you can still have heart and, and do this stuff and there's still soul in it. Well, like in, <laughs> in not even like, not even, I don't, I felt like their whole argument, especially watching it like in this day and age is just like, man, I've heard boomers scream this shit about everything imaginable. Like, right. no, we have this intrinsic unknowable quality right. yeah, that, yeah. that requires us to be here. And it's like, no, you're fucking dinosaurs. It, like, it is a very old versus new movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, insiders versus outsiders. It's just funny to see where things went. Boomers versus Gen X, I guess. <laughs> I'm assuming we don't have boomer listeners, so I can just be as drunk. <laughs> yeah, I think like, no, we have no. a couple. Although, <laughs> apologies to Ben's aunt. I know she follows us. On the Instagram. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, then this one's a baseball one, so we'll get some. Um, but I think yeah, let's uh, pick a logical place to start. Um, this kind of weird development path. It gets so. We should mention it's based on the book Moneyball, which came out in 2003, about the 2002 Oakland A's season. And the book itself is more about the kind of actual numbers and stuff around yeah. it, whereas the movie is really just like, here's that 2002 season. Gotcha. Um, it originally 
was written by a guy named Stan Shervin and David Frankel was going to direct. And then uh, Steve Zalian came in to write the screenplay. And then Steven Soderbergh came in to, I think, direct and do a rewrite. And then uh, Brad Pitt's, I think, attached to it pretty much the whole time. Soderbergh eventually drops out because he wants to just make it really weird. And the studio's like, why are you trying to make this baseball movie weird? So Soderbergh drops out. And then in comes Bennett Miller and uh, Aaron Sorkin to write it. Yeah, that's why I feel like the dialogue is so good. Yeah, that, that's why the dialogue it's is good. It's because Sorkin-y. it's Sorkin, exactly. It's very, very Sorkin-y in a very good way. And so I'm assuming the book they reference is actually a real book too. Like they talk oh, about, yeah. like his strategy yeah. was off some guy's stats book in, from well, like Bill the James. 60s. Yeah, Bill James is a real He's guy, a real yeah. person. He, was, yeah. he was hired by the Red Sox. Yeah, and he, he like they John just Henry let him go in 2019. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. So was he hired before like he did his Moneyball thing, or was that like after? He so he's he does he he starts doing the. In the, what, like the 70s is Bill yeah. James? Yeah, it was basically. like 67, I think. They right, but yeah. nobody really picks up on Moneyball until the early 2000s. And then that got him back into the game where they were like, pretty oh, much, let's yeah. hire this guy. Okay, that's what I was... Yeah, pretty okay. much. But um, but to be to be fair, like when you just described making this movie and they, they try to make it as uh, a little weird, these guys are weird. These guys are weird. They're, they're just... I mean, we're all nerds here. They're also nerds in a different sense. They just lock themselves in these offices in their rooms and is punching numbers into a computer out comes baseball. Well, that's what I've been noticing because I I work in data and like, there's a whole faction of people that I don't think a lot of like the sports areas aware of that just like they follow sports just because they like the data that comes out of it. Exactly. And it's really fun to be able to predict because like there is numbers out the ass on any kind of like you could want. And that's like, that's a data gold mine. There's no better practice, especially if you even have like a fleeting interest in like the sport. Right. Yeah, and I mean, baseball is probably the perfect thing to dig into because they have just such a bigger pool of data than any other sport because it's the people are coming and doing the same actions in pretty much the similar situation for 162 games. Well, that that was one of the notes I had too, where they were talking about like, you know, oh, the 17 games they're doing poorly. And he was like, the, the sample size is too small. It's too, right. With 160 games, like you really, the lowest you could group them in is to maybe groups of five. But like mm-hmm. to look at them as individual like games is useless. Like that's way too like minute. Yeah. Sure. You'd never see anything. But, but the only problem is that people pay a lot of money to go to to watch a product that's supposed to be exciting, not it can't you cannot just only look at it as data. And I think these guys get lost in that sometimes. And I think I think this movie does a good job of showing that at points. You know what I mean? Well, until they start a twenty game win streak, and sure. Then it's sure. like all right, well, but yes, there's right. definitely a give and take there. Yeah, and it, it sort of glosses over. What also helped? It's not just sabermetrics and these stats that they use. You know, the steroids were a big part <laughs> of baseball in that day too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is all coming on the heels of the late 90s, right. that Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa season that was, what, 98, I want to say? Right. Um, and then Barry Bonds is the hottest he ever is right at this point in time, pretty much. Exactly. So, like, this is... I think he was MVP this season. Yeah, this is when he's hitting his, like, 70 homers, right? Exactly. right? So, um, yeah. So, that's that's all part of it, too. Mm. Um, I, yeah, this movie's just so freaking watchable. We should, uh, so the reason we kind of went like, oh, when we were talking about Aaron Sorkin, because uh, Robbie and I have been talking about Sorkin a decent amount recently, because as we were leading up to the Oscars, I repeatedly talked about how disappointed I was in being the Ricardos. Um, 
because Aaron Sorkin used to write like this. Right. <laughs> it was so good. And I think the the kind of magic of him just as a writer and not a director, this is a perfect example of it because um, this is directed by Bennett Miller and it feels like he takes the Sorkin dialogue and just plays it like a little bit slower than Sorkin would. Mm. And it is um, not to say it's ponderous, but it just feels like a little bit slower of a pace, this whole movie. Um, Everything Sorkin has directed as like a real, going for like a screwball patter type of energy. Right, And this movie is just like, like baseball, it's slow, but not not in an uninteresting way, but just everyone kind of talks a little slower. But this this movie... It's two hours and twelve minutes, something like that. But it less, it goes yeah. by so oh, yeah. so quick, so smooth, oh, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. When I, when I say it's slow, I, I just mean like the vibe is a little bit more like yeah, like pacing. like baseball, right? You're mostly standing or sitting yeah. in baseball. Baseball only made slower by <laughs> sabermetrics. That also, right. yeah. You got to take all those pitches, get walks, and work yeah. the count. <laughs> but to to your point, like uh, great dialogue, and I like uh, one part. Brad Pitt says, "Well, Billy Bean." Uh, if he's a good hitter, then why doesn't he hit good, right? So, There's so what much. a concept. <laughs> this movie in particular, and it's a thing that Sorkin does, but this movie in particular seems to be a real point of emphasis, um, repetition. So right. that, mm. where he's kind of turning it around. Uh, if we play like the Yankees in here, we'll use we'll lose to the Yankees out there. Yep. Um, all that stuff. Uh, what's the problem? And then he keeps just saying, what's the problem? Okay, right. so what's the problem? Right. <laughs> and then someone says, well, the problem is this. And he goes, that's not the problem. What's the problem? Right. And he's, you know. This yeah. repetition yeah. stuff. And then, obviously, romantic about baseball. So. Right. And yeah, I, t- I love when he's, like, slapping the names on the boards. Like, yeah. just, you know, over and over. They're just, everyone that comes up, like, you can't do this, slap. You yeah. can't do that, slap. I don't know. Jeremy Giambi. But he's like the strippers. <laughs> yeah. What do I care about? I'm only looking at his on-base percentage. On-base. Well, I mean, that's a really good point of like, I don't know why scouts care. Like, I guess you could say it's like additional risk. You could probably like work that number in there, but who gives a shit what these players do in their free time? Like if it's not affecting their field performance, then it really does not matter. Yeah. I, um, I love that scene too, that we're talking about the beginning of it, where it's just laying out without, I mean, maybe it's a little on the nose, but whatever. Where it's just laying out the all the old modes of thinking of like he's this guy I don't know he's got an ugly girlfriend yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah she no she's like no a confidence. five at best yeah just no confidence ridiculous <laughs> got oh great swing and that will lead into the well if he's a good hitter why doesn't he hit good. <laughs> I love that statement too, because it's like, I don't know. I think it probably takes more confidence to date an ugly girl surrounded by you assholes. <laughs> like seriously. That's true. Cause of what people are going to think about you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's definitely borne out by this uh, conversation that they're in. Yeah. But it's so true too. At playing baseball as a little kid and be, being really into baseball, you sort of grow. I think you grow out of it nowadays because it is too yeah. slow, but the, the old white guys in the room, I feel like that's every baseball coach I've ever had. Oh, your, your swing is your swing is off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, here? yeah. I'm 12 yeah. years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Specifically, tell me what is wrong or get yeah. the hell out of here. It's just you're know. just not enough confidence. Right, not enough confidence. Like, I, I know probably, you're only 12, was, but you yeah, got an ugly girlfriend. I was dating five at the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did a little t-ball, and instead of paying attention, I built sandcastles right. in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. Could not could not. It's and. Because I had just watched it pretty recently, watching it again now, I was really drilling in on some of the Sorkin-y type of things just because it's been top of mind. And there is a lot of, oh, here's the speechifying. Here's this thing that this guy's haunted by. Um, Right. But it's played not as 
not as big. Even like the speeches, everyone's kind of just like, I mean, you got Philip Seymour Hoffman in there mumbling a lot sometimes. Oh, great character though. Oh my God, so good. R.I.P. <laughs> Which one was that? Yeah, Art Howe, the He's, manager. Gotcha. Hated Art. Hated him. <laughs> <laughs> but that he, that's quintessential, I, I feel like. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. No, I'm not saying he was a bad art uh, actor. I'm just saying like the character. I fucking hated art. Yeah. Yeah, right. And one of his, not like his last, but one of his last performances because he dies in 2014. Oh, wow. wow. And then uh, more on the dialogue a little further in the film. please. When his daughter is uh, getting on the plane, he's like, don't worry about me. He's like, but you get on a plane and planes crash all the time. You're going to (laughs) die. I love that. Perfect thing to tell to your 12-year-old Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good movie. It's great. I do also love, like, in real life and in the movie, like, Billy Bean, fucking born to play baseball. I've never heard a more, like, what do you do? Oh, Billy Bean, you play baseball. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It, just, it sounds oh, yeah. like the a baseball name, player. A baseball name, right. <laughs> yeah, and you can you can tell that this, it's, it's all part of it, right? They like, oh, it's a good name. That's probably what the scouts were saying at the time. That's a baseball 100%. name. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know he was that good. Well, he turned it out not to be, but he was right, well, he was sure, right. he was gen, you know genuinely a first round pick and all that. So, how long did his career last? Like, how long did they play it out? I think it was only like five four, years, yeah. like very okay. short, very short. Well, but still, I mean, if it was like he did, he bombed his first year and then he got benched. But there's definitely a lot to say about like the psychology that goes into it. Like, he probably was a very good player, and I think they ruined him. I, I yeah. genuinely yeah. believe. And like I think those you're attitudes. right. Right. But, they they hint on that too because when he asked Jonah Hill. Would you have where would you have drafted me? He tells him in the ninth round. That's how he hires them. And that's I think that scene. they're making the argument that maybe some the pressure we put on these players is too great. The sabermetrics sort of levels that out when you're not. Yeah, if if he had gotten drafted eighth, he would have been put in a lot less frequently. Right. He would have had more time to get used to being in the stadium. Well, well, he he wouldn't have taken it. He would have gone to college. <laughs> that too, like right. right? And that's a thing that's obviously hanging over him when he mentions, like, I'm a 44-year-old guy with a college with a high school diploma. Well, that's diploma, it. Right. Yeah. You well, know. he's also a multimillionaire. I really well, like that. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, like, that whole, like, backstory of, like, you know, I'll, I'll be out of a job. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. He, can he, we just... Right. He now is a minority yeah, he'll be fine. of the Oakland A's. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's in the executive suite now. Um while I'm thinking about it, because I know I'm going to forget, and I, I want to start, because we're talking about Billy Bean, the natural thing would be to transition into talking about Brad Pitt. But before I forget, I do want to mention, the guy who's playing Steve Schott, the owner of the A's, was watching him like, why does he look so familiar? Yes, why does he look why so he familiar? familiar? That's Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision. What? Oh, no yeah. way. Yep. That's why he looks so familiar, because he's been in the news a lot this last year. <laughs> That's insane. Why the hell was he in a movie? I mean, if they yeah, filmed it in, like, the Bay Area, then he'd, he'd have been around, right? right? That's where their offices are. He looks like a great owner, too. He, he's, like... He's actually really good in the movie. <laughs> it's like, just funny that they just pulled some, I mean, I guess not random asshole, but like just right, right, a right. not yeah. actor and was like, yeah. here, be, be an owner. Apparently still an asshole, but. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> so definitely. But yeah, I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? It's like, oh yeah, because I keep reading about him on Polygon and Kotaku all the time yeah. about how bad of uh environment he's created at Activision Blizzard. Not where I was expecting that to go, but hey. Awesome. Yeah, so that was the thing that's like, I'm going to forget to mention that. I just got to get that in now. And yeah, that's the weird thing is like that one scene that Brad Pitt has of them. He's actually really good in that yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should be an actor instead of making hell on earth. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He has he has like a really good character actor look. And now I realize, oh, because he's very recognizable for this specific bad reason. <laughs> um, anyway, Brad Pitt is amazing in this movie. Yeah, this great is, film. 
One of my favorite Brad Pitt roles for sure. So I have, I have a question. Yeah. Who determines like, so the owner just determines how much they can afford to pay the team. Yeah. Okay. Well, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. That's yeah. So there's no cap there. So, and I asked this, it's, in the it's changing a lot. Now they have like a luxury tax and you're in like different brackets and stuff. Um, but there's still not a limit technically. Now, why couldn't somebody just come in and say, all right, we're going to make a team that can p- compete with the Red Sox and like put in a ton of money? They, like they do. Yeah, they could. And like, okay. They could. But I mean, then you're just, the, the, the problem is actually, you know, there's a limited amount of players who can do that for you and they're already signed by like the Yankees or the Dodgers. So now you're just going to, the, 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 the cost is just going to keep growing because now the Red Sox are going right. to want to offer more to keep their players. Mm-hmm. And okay. there's player movement in baseball is a lot more, I guess, controlled than some other sports. If you look at like, that's a thing that can really very much happen in world football soccer because there's a lot more freedom in player movement. Mm. Even if someone's under contract, you can just you can just offer money to the team for them at any time, even if their contract's not up. Um, whereas in baseball, you can't really do that. You can trade. But the player still has to accept in soccer? Or yeah. You, okay. And then it's still up to the player to come to terms with the team on a contract. So you pay the team for the permission to steal the players. Yes. And then yep. the, okay. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So in baseball, it's trading or then if it's a free agent then yeah whatever but and then the trading they had like a cutoff date it seemed like in the movie like they, I think yeah, they said like deadline. last day to make trades or something yep yep, yep, yep. Is, when is that in the season it's around august something yeah sometime in august in the season Jul- july 30 sorry yeah normally the season would have started by now and goes until late september and then playoffs yeah. are October little uh November. contract dispute Oh, gotcha. Yes. So, yeah, some behind the uh, peak behind the curtain, we wanted to do Moneyball first because it would have lined up pretty well with opening day. Uh, Now, I don't even know when opening day is, to be honest, but it's uh, soon. It is soon, so it's not that far off. But I wanted to, you know, the bookends are MLB opening day, and then at the end of the month, we're going to do draft day for the NFL draft, which will be towards the end of April. Um. But, you know, it's still close enough to but baseball. What's interesting is that for a guy like you that doesn't watch baseball at all, right? If it, this is your first introduction to this type of movie and Moneyball principle in general, yep. it does, the A's have never won a World Series. I Implementing this the whole time, uh, right? Yeah. But the Red Sox, <laughs> they've won four World Series under, well, I guess you can give some credit to Bill James because he's been in the, in the organization for that entire time. Okay. See what I'm yeah. saying? But in 03, the A's, they have to replace Johnny Damon in this movie. Yep. The Red Sox sign him for only $7.5 million. They win the World Series two years later. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then he wins another World Series with the Yankees. So does Moneyball, does that principle, does it ultimately work? Or is it a combination of you need some of that grit and what the old scouts are talking about, as well as the stats. Oh, like it only worked well for them in this particular case because they were the first people to do it. Once you can do that with the money, like once it's like, because yeah. they basically had a dollar amount to work with. Right. They said, we need to get this many numbers for this low a price. But once that dollar amount goes up, you can just raise the, you know, let me get, more, what's the most runs I can get within this price range? Right. And yeah. now it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd never be able to compete with it as the A's. Right. And they they can't, and, and like but the game, Tampa Bay does it too. The Tampa Bay Rays they also have this money ball thing where they, you know what I mean. And it's just I don't know. It's kind of ruined baseball in my opinion. 
So the rays have taken it to the nth degree. So there's a scene in here where it's one of the montages where Billy Bean's talking to the players like, we want to see their 12th pitcher by the end of the series. Right. We want to get him out by the fifth inning. So the rays have gone to the logical conclusion of that where they have openers for their pitching staff, guys that are designed to only go between one and three innings, basically. Interesting. And then even if the guy's doing well, they'll take him out. There was this huge kind of controversy when they were in the World Series just a couple of years ago because they took a guy out after a few innings, even though he was pitching really well, and then they lost the game. So Interesting. Um, because the stats say take him out. Yeah, because the right. stats say take him out. So they did, and then they lost that game. They lost the World Series. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to blend it. I think we'll start to see. I think the next like jump you'll see is people are gonna start to get AIs on this stuff, and they're gonna start having like the managers train the AIs. And once you do that, I mean, I don't know. I I think a lot of sports fans would hate this concept, but like yeah, they already do. Yeah. It, it just would be interesting to see, like, because yeah. you you train it and you get better at making those. Like, right. somebody would look back and they'd see like a loss, or I, I don't know. I I don't know enough about the details of it, yeah. but. It'll be interesting to see where and it goes. It's tough because you can, and and there's a point made in the course of the movie towards the end where someone says, you know, over the course of the season, the averages are going to equal out and you probably can get to a place where you're, I'm going to put together a team that I know is going to win 90 games and make the playoffs. Yep. Um, but when you're in the playoffs and it's just one game, one night, one at bat, then like, yeah, you know, the averages don't matter as much and the team that bought like, the best hitters is just gonna by like traditional standards are probably probably you'd probably want those guys instead. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, and then I mean, even in the movie, uh, Chris Pratt's character, I forgot his name. Yeah, he's Scott Hatterberg. Hatterberg, like, who I don't, stinks. He wasn't supposed to be able to <laughs> hit a home run. You know, I, I didn't get that impression. Like, it seemed yeah. like that was an insane occurrence yeah. for it to happen. Real thing that happened. They, um, I think they used the f- the. The ball going into the crowd and the crowd celebrating is actually the footage. That's awesome. That they blended they blend with Chris Pratt right. running around the base. Was that how that game actually lined yep. up? Yeah. That's nuts. I don't know how you blow an eleven nothing. And even <laughs> right. I think I had it in yeah, it was <laughs> eleven. Yeah, it was in like eleven a, in the third inning. The third, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then in the eighth inning, it was still uh, like. 6-11 or something like that. Baseball's right. weird. It's, and I was just all, like, holy shit. You get shit. on a vibe where it's right. just like you start rolling all of a sudden well, and then you can stop and the other team well, can start rolling. I mean, you get you get three walks and then somebody hits a home run and then like, bam, that's fucking four points. Yeah, right. four points. <laughs> what about uh, Jonah Hill's performance? Yeah, Is this his first movie after well. Superbad? No. Because I thought I thought it... I, I thought... I'll look it up right now. Jonah Hill was... Uh, Excellent. Oh, yeah. Super believable. Even though his character is Peter Brand, but the real life person is Paul DePodesta. Yep. Oh, okay. And uh, Jonah Hill spent a ton of time with him trying to learn the language and how he acted and sort of his mindset. And he gets it spot on. Gotcha. He just didn't want to use his real name for the film. Oh, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. Interesting that he's just like, no, I don't I don't want to be like one of these yeah, players. Right, don't yeah, put right. me in the spotlight. Like, yeah. I'm fine where I am. Right. I do miss this caliber of jonah hill acting i don't think i've liked the more like cocky jonah hill acting that's been coming out lately right I yeah don't know. It, it's fine. i mean he's yeah. he's good and don't look up but i just wasn't a big fan of that movie overall no, yeah, right he no but he's excellent in this yeah, yeah. he's he was very believable. working in the late 2000s and early 2010s because he makes a whole bunch of movies in between uh super bad and Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just I always forget Super Bad is 2007. Oh jeez. Oh wow. So Moneyball's 2011 in between he's in 
a bunch of stuff, some starring roles, some voice roles, some smaller roles, but uh, in between is forgetting Sarah Marshall and get him to the Greek. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to be in which he plays different characters, but still. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, getting to the Gre- get him to the Greek was another really good one for Jonah Hill, but that's a, yeah. that's a tangent. Well, also, but you, what you guys are talking about with the. Uh, I forgot his name from Activision, though. This movie is also yeah, about a, a management style, I yeah. feel. Because Brad Pitt, loose. He's sort of these old, grumpy white dudes, right? But Brad Pitt comes in loose, flexible, go with the flow, snapping his fingers, telling people to talk. Much different, laid back, but yeah. on top of it, management style, right? And he, one point he tells Jonah Hill, oh, fire somebody. Mm. And he said, you know, got to cut it clean, right? Would you rather have a bullet to the head or five to the chest? That was really cool. Yeah. I, I really loved uh, his character development where he went from somebody that like would not interact with the players to like, all right, let's explain what we're actually doing here right. and how I need you to play to make the system yeah. work. Right. And I think if that's really what happened in real life, that's probably what stopped him from taking the 12 and a half million from the Red Sox. Like, right. I think if he had kept that disconnected, blah, 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 yeah. he probably would have just been like, yep, 12 and a half million, let's go. Right. He, he does get romantic about it. He, 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 he Right, does. exactly, right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Even today, 12 and a half million would be insane. Right. N- now, when they say and going from a, a team that was, the their whole payroll was 44 million. Right. So, and like when they say 12 and a half million, that's over five years, right? So that was, it, it wouldn't be 12 and a half a year. No, I think like, they were offering them 12 and a half a year. I think, I think that's what they were saying, yeah. Jesus, yeah. okay. It's a lot to turn down. Damn. Well, I think the A's upped his salary because when I looked it up, he's making a million a year, I think. Yeah, but still. But he's, I, know, I know. He's a minority <laughs> owner now. Okay, yeah, so he probably yeah. just gets a lot of right. stuff. And he, I think he's also an owner, I, I probably minority just because, but whatever, of a team that's in the championship in England. Yeah, the Barnsley. Yeah, and then yeah. there's also a team in the Dutch League. Yep, and they, they all tried to use their own version of his money ball sort of scheme yeah but it doesn't it only really works in baseball because of the number of different things that can go on and the, the number of games right it's it's funny it almost like scales because he owns those teams and then like fenway sports group and john henry own uh liverpool Li- right <laughs> right yeah great yeah great point yeah yeah they could probably cut back on people doing this shit if they cut back on the number of games, which is probably something the players were fighting about, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, they'd probably less games, but then the argument is like, okay, then we'll less pay money. you less money. Right. <laughs> because, well... They certainly don't want Because they'll be like, well, this is actually... Like, I know this is what your annual rate says, but we're actually paying you per game because they get game checks. So then, like, okay, so we'll cut out however many game checks. <laughs> um. So yeah, I let's let's talk about Brad Pitt. He's so good in this movie. What is um not to spring this on you, but do you have like a thoughts in mind of your favorite Brad Pitt performances? I'm not like asking to rank it because I didn't give you time to prep for this, but <laughs> no, but not not seeing this movie, I think this is one of his best he's, better performances. I think top five, absolutely. Yeah, he's ridiculously good in this. I, I mean, this you know the key ones that stand out to me. Obviously, he wins his Oscar for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he was great in Oceans. Snatch, Fight Club. Sure, yeah, the o- the Oceans movies. Right. But yeah, probably Fight Club, this. Yeah. On his no, Mount no Rushmore. Troy fans in here? No. <laughs> no probably not. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. Nope. 
I mean, good effort. Good, good, good effort. Good job, he was probably effort. one of the better characters in that bad movie. Sure, right. <laughs> but the, the movie's just too bad. Not even he can save it, right? Yeah, but... Um, but when you said, like, your favorite Brad Pitt movies, I couldn't, like, draw any of them up, yeah. but I was like, what was he in? I was just like, oh, Mr. Troy. Oh, yeah, his big thing's Troy. Mr. and Mrs. Sure. Smith, yeah. I think he's good in that. I think he's yeah, really good in that, too. That's a fine uh, action shoot up movie got, with his ex-wife. A, yeah. Right, it's a weird vibe now. Not as much as the movie they made like right before they split up by the sea or something. No, I never saw that. It's about like a couple going through relationship troubles. Oh, nice. <laughs> is he is in that's that foreshadowing? Is I he know. in that deep water movie you were talking about in Hulu? Is that the is Brad, that Brad Pitt or is that somebody else I'm thinking of? Uh, Affleck. 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 Yeah. Gotcha. Easily confusable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. The mannerisms in this movie, like I don't know if Billy Bean is always always has like chew. Um, yeah, and he's always yeah. like shoveling snacks into his mouth. I think the chew is just a a, a baseball effect. Maybe yeah, he really does so chew. I'm not sure, but that it makes sense. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd say with like 90 percent yeah. certainty, he does just because yeah, right. he was a baseball player. thing. Yeah, right. He was a player in the 80s, right? right and exactly. so, so he like, must yeah. have, yeah. And then the same thing with the snacks. Like if you're somebody that's used to chewing all the time, you're gonna have like that same chew craving. And yeah, you got to be shoveling something in your mouth, right? And he's just he's just constantly eating, and it's just like one of the best. Uh, food acting performances ever committed to film and on the on the food stuff too there uh, i think david justice he wanted free soda yeah yeah and that just reminds me of the red Sox with josh beckett and the beer and chicken wings and like these guys are professional athletes you shouldn't even be drinking soda during the game the, yeah the beer and chicken red Sox. yeah right yep. that's what that reminded me of but so uh, i have a thing but what what was that <laughs> so the chicken and beer red Sox. so um this the Maybe like the most the Sox have ever paid for a team at yeah. the time. Yep. And a super underachieving team. The gist is that they, they're all these overpaid athletes. And one guy was Josh Beckett. And they he complained about only having 18 days off in a season. Okay. And they liked their fridge stocked with beer. And they would eat yeah. chicken wings. They were just out of they shape. Were, they were ordering from Popeye's. Yeah. There's a Popeye's right across the street from Fenway. Nice. That supposedly is like they had just like a, a they just had like order. a Popeyes guy right. who just brought them chicken wings after every game. Jesus, it's just a bad team. <laughs> yeah, I had a note yeah. about the soda thing, and I'm like, really, somebody that's making at bare minimum six figures is going to bitch about paying a dollar for a soda? And then I had the same thought of like, you shouldn't eat like if you're in the clubhouse, <laughs> right, you should yeah. be drinking like water or I maybe Gatorade. I know they have everybody sold on that's a sports drink, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. that was funny to me though. Yeah, it's a same, it's a soft drink. Same it's as a soda, soda, pretty you, much, right? You should be having something from like GNC to replenish electrolytes, not the sugary crap that right. Gatorade pumps out. But but later in the movie, Brad Pitt does he finagle gets on somebody. That. It's like I want you to pay my whole I soda think budget. He three years. Dave Dombrowski, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. His soda budget for three years could not have been over like two thousand dollars. It's just not possible. Surprised. He, he wants all the money out on the fields. It's hard to see sometimes. That's fair, I guess. Yeah, it is hard to see. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess baseball teams are really big because you can only put, what, 25 on the bench, but you still have like 50 plus players. Well, and then, so you have a 26-man roster? 26, yeah. And then you have your whole farm system. But they're all different facilities and and whatnot. So you have... Oh, damn. Because triple, double, and single A ball. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. why, Why do you think this movie ends on a happy note? It's a super happy note. It's, it's, it's self-actualizing. He's at the point in the beginning, he's talking to the owner. He said, I want to win. I, oh, I yeah, need he wants to win. Yes, but he changes his perspective of what success is, right? Because he thinks, because so, yeah. as Jonah Hill says, 
it's a metaphor. And I think his best line delivery of the movie <laughs> yeah. after he shows him the like, oh, he hit a home run and he didn't even realize it. Oh, right, right, goes, right, right, right. How can you not be romantic about baseball? And then he like takes a beat and he goes, it's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> that, so funny. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's the note that it's ending on is him kind of like hopefully recognizing that, oh yeah. no, he did build something that mattered here, even though they lost the scene before that, he says, like, they're going to erase us. They're going to forget us. Yep. They're going to say that this failed if we don't win. Yep. And, and that's obviously, that's not what happened. The note that it ends on is all these other teams took his ideas. And with the amount of money to actually make it work, they are winning. Right. Well, I'm sure that took a while to catch on, though, because even right at the end, they had the announcer saying, like, and this is why you can't do blah, blah, blah. But as soon as the owner of the Red Sox made him the offer, I think that's when all of the other owners would be like, oh, shit, we got to copy this guy. Because if he's if he's sold on it and then I mean, he probably still had to deal with shit for a couple of months before, like, people started to realize. Yeah. But it it worked within two years because the Red Sox won the series in 04. Oh, absolutely. And that's and they should have won in 03. It should they should have won the next year, but we don't have to talk about that game. And, but, right. It's it's definitely got to be a combination <laughs> of the true. two to make the best team. Yeah. Because I mean, even if you just like shit, even if you just ice them for the main season and then bring them out in the playoffs, sure. like right. And to rattle off a bunch of names that you you may not have ever heard of, but <laughs> on that on that 2002 and that 2003, the next year the Oakland A's were also very good using the same Moneyball principles. But they have Hall of Famers, Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, Eric Chavez, a phenomenal third baseman, yeah. Miguel Tejada in his prime. And it's this not is like on a, the A's? It's yeah, on okay. the Oakland A's, right? So it's, the it's, movie glosses over that fact. And they think you just, they won 90 games with Scott Hatterberg and Chad Bradford okay. praying for him yeah, it, randomly. It's, it's funny because they do show like some of the actual archival footage. Right. And it's a lot of Tim Hudson. And like, I don't yeah. think they ever mentioned Tim Hudson. It's like, oh, Tim Hudson was huge. He was he, like, a, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's like a Hall of Famer who was at like the peak of his powers at the time. Right. For somebody, and a very recognizable guy, too, like a very popular player in the right. league. For somebody that doesn't <laughs> know baseball, they the movie made it seem like they traded their only Hall of Famer. Right. That's the impression you get. Oh, is yeah. like you when, know, they, when they dumped Carlos Pena. They were like, all right, that was that was our guy. That was the only name we had. Right. But um, apparently that wasn't the... No. Carlos no. Pena who stinks, on the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they were right. Hatterberg's better, and Hatterberg's not good. <laughs> yeah, right. I, that's how bad Carlos Pena is, though. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Hatterberg, <laughs> the year before, and they mentioned this in the movie too, he Sucks, throws right? his elbow out. He can't. He yeah. literally can't throw. Yep. Um, but just because he gets on base. But why do you get on base? He's hitting, he's playing for the Red Sox. He's hitting behind Manny Ramirez. So of course you, he's getting on base. Oh, interesting. You see what I'm saying? So like, the, I think the stats sometimes can be misleading. That's fair. Um, so like, can you, can you have somebody that gets on base but doesn't field? Like, why did they have to put him on first base? Because uh, David Justice was DHing. So in the American League, and now, as of this season, both leagues, right? Yeah, I think they both have the DH. Yeah, the DH rule was the thing that was just the American League. Oh, we talked about that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, you know, instead of having your pitcher part of For your For viewers at home, that's designated hitter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but that was uh David Justice was doing that, I think. For Old the, Man for Justice. Old Man Justice. Call. Gotcha. Okay. But you could only really do that with like one player. It's not only like you one, could yeah, do player, like right. football as the offensive and defensive. Yeah. You you can't. It's interesting. Right, right, exactly. What happens if so just yeah. for the what happens if like 
I mean, you have 25 players. There's obviously more than 25 positions. Like, what if you just don't put them in a position or like minimally put them in a position? So you got nine each game, right? So there's nine positions on the field. So you just... You just put them in those nine positions. Well, Maybe I just understood your question. Is, like, if you have somebody that's much better at hitting, like why wouldn't you just like try to put them on the field as little as possible and just have them? Oh, hit? so if you so you can't sub out and in. You're only if you're on if you get ta- if you get subbed out, you can't go back in in that game. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that maybe that would make the game much better. Just have if constant just sub subs on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Well, at that point, you would just have an offense and a defense. Sure. Yeah, you just have like gold glovers at every position who are terrible. But to your point about like just Jackie Bradley in every outfield position, not (laughs) Not having to like you know let the numbers get you to on base with walks. Like if you just have your fucking Barry Bonds superstars that are going to hit as many home runs as possible, and then you got your your good field. But it it might make for a much more interesting game. I mean, they're they're open to ideas at this point because nobody's watching baseball, (laughs) (laughs) right? They're they're open to some ideas. That's true. I I mean, I don't know. For for an outsider, that sounds really exciting. Because then you could just sub so like it's the same three guys coming up every (laughs) inning. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll put some limits on it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think you know, there's there's a lot of ideas that they're trying because obviously baseball is. Just bring back steroids, man. (laughs) I I don't think they ever went away, honestly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's what saved baseball in the first place. Right. And now pitchers have all the different substances and shit that they're using that they're trying to get out of the game. Good luck. But um, You ban one and they'll just synthesize another that's like this close. It's just made hitting so much harder. So guys are just swinging away. So there's a ton more strikeouts or there's like, and so there's so many guys that, they're all they do is hit home runs or strike yeah. out. All right, no more pitchers. You get a pitching machine controlled by a stats guy. <laughs> yeah, and don't even show the games. That's kind of like what they are right? now, though. <laughs> right? Just simulate all the games. It's just just play MLB the show. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Is that made by Activision? <laughs> oh, and is it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. So all that to say, Brad Pitt's really good. But this <laughs> this this movie does give me hope because. When Brad Pitt is throwing the names on the board and all the, the old guys are all pissed off, there's the one old guy, he's the shining light. He says, listen, he's the boss. He only has to answer to one guy. He doesn't have to answer to all of us. So whatever he says goes. That yep. guy deserves a raise. That guy's good. That guy was like, I can see, that guy's probably had that job for like 50 years. <laughs> he's know. like, I can tell which way the he, wind's blowing. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. He remembers Raleigh fingers. and right. Right. He's like, oh. This guy's going to go in this direction and I don't want to lose my job. That's right. If the other guys had like gotten on board, they could have actually been helpful instead of just being like nodding heads in a room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of like Jonah Hill comes in and and, uh, he's like, oh, we we already got this. Me and Jonah Hill worked out all the players we want. You guys. That's fair. You're free to go. (laughs) Could he have cleaned house on those people? I don't know how they got hired, but like he probably They they work for him. It's probably, it's his staff. Probably need to. And like, why couldn't he? Get rid of art. Is that not because th- of the contract? But couldn't you just bench him and hire a new manager? Be like, we'll still pay you, but you're I not think making the, own, the decisions. The owner might have something to say about. I think that's more of an ownership decision. Yeah, who the coach is. And plus, I don't think he necessarily wanted to replace art. He just wanted art to do what he wanted, he wanted to do. Wanted art to buy in. But that was art's last year. Next year, the A's were managed by a guy named Ken Maka. Oh, so that wasn't even just. Oh, gotcha. Because he said he says in the movie, I'm only this is I'm on a one year contract. I want more longer time. That's I, and I just didn't know if uh, that was like I didn't know if it was as set in stone as Art felt it was. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it seemed like he, if he got replaced, then he definitely must have been. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't. They didn't have a great 
according to the movie, they didn't like each other very much. But, right. You know, um, and he was coming off of a hundred something win season. Right. And just he, like, he had a point. He had a point. Yeah. He was right to ask for a new contract. It's interesting. Yeah. But it sounds like he couldn't, uh, Billy Bean didn't have much to say about that. That would have been an owner decision. Yeah. It just isn't any money. Oh, <laughs> is, gotcha. is what I, I assume what he would have been told. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yep. You came off a hundred and two win season. Like now you're too expensive for somebody else is going to have to pick you up. Right. I'm not, I'm not sure he went after that, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't look that up. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I always forget one of the bench coaches is Ron Washington who, was also like an actual manager and stuff and had a very oh, yeah, that's prominent right. mustache. I, yeah, I always forget the guy that like goes with him to Hatterberg's yeah, house yeah, yeah, is Ron yeah. Washington. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right, that's right. Who has yeah. also has a very good delivery in like one of his two lines in the movie Yeah, where uh, he's telling him he's going to play first base and Hatterberg goes like, oh, well, what about the fans? And he, oh, yeah. Washington goes, yeah, maybe I could teach one of the fans out of <laughs> Funny. Good line, good job, Sorkin. The, it does the the dialogue is very smooth, and we talked about this, but uh, it's very funny and very very flowing. It, it has a, it's Sorkin all all over it. Yeah, I mean, I really like the you know some of us are told at eighteen, some of us are told at forty. Like I thought that was a fantastic yeah, yeah, line, yeah, but we're all told we're what all a, told eventually. <laughs> what a metaphor for life. Yeah, like, it's like, oh no, I knew exactly. Yeah, I was told at like fourteen. I knew I was never going to play professional. I mean, yeah, I was probably early six then. or seven. I yeah, it's just yeah. like some of us are a little younger than eighteen. Yeah, I was just told last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like t-ball, and I was like, "This isn't for me." I told myself, "This isn't going to happen for me." I would love to see someone that like never went pro and has just been like playing pickup games for the last like ten years and get signed at like thirty. But I don't think that's ever happened in the history of any um, sport. Disney's the rookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Dennis Quaid, uh, that's that's next week's movie. <laughs> I have not seen it, but uh, that's that's yeah. He's like a high school teacher who's just like plays pickup games and then he gets yeah. signed. It would be amazing to see in real life. Is all I'm saying. I, I highly doubt it, but I just I would love to see it. Eastbound and Down. You're just saying words maybe to in me a different now. maybe in a different year, a different like time, right? Not not in today's. Maybe in the 70s, you could probably do that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but now like there's no way they wouldn't already know about that, guy, right? Right. Mm. Uh, but they're still they're still wrong on international prospects all the time. True. So. Yep. Yeah. I just always think of the Japanese guy that they paid a hundred million dollars just to negotiate Daisuke? with Dice. Was it Daisuke? Yeah, Daisuke yeah, Matsuzaka. Uh, I was thinking with of the gyro ball because he had like nine different pitches. I I don't even watch baseball. He, he definitely didn't. <laughs> and they were like, "Well, he's got the gyro ball. That's yeah, not right. that's he, not a real thing." He could only pitched about five innings, and he took about two and a half hours to pitch those five. Innings. He had an eighteen and three season though. But yeah, he was a nibbler. My yeah. did my dad hated him. <laughs> was a nibbler. He just like he just he just, he just throw a freaking strike. Come on. Because he would just like just go all around the edge of the strike zone, and right? Uh-huh. It would so, just be lots of full counts, lots of like foul balls, and just just kept he, going. He's the perfect pitcher for a money ball type team. Because Brad Pitt says, "Take his walk, make this guy pitch you a hundred pitches, take as many walks as possible." Gotcha. So, so if Daisuke's on the mound, you're like. Excellent. I'm going to wait here all day yep. for him to throw me a strike. So He's going to throw 89 balls. You don't want him on. Yeah, I, I see what you. You wouldn't want him on the Red Sox. That's a really bad spot for somebody like that. It, yeah. Yeah. He Wh- didn't like Boston odd. very much it's either. It's odd so. too because the Red Sox, they hire Bill James and he's there from 02 to 2019. Mm. And he's the guy that invented this money ball, whole entire Saber Metrics. It's his whole creation, right? Okay. But then they also overpay. They pay Ortiz and Manny and Johnny Damon. And they overpay for um, 
a whole number of players, but they still win four World Series. So I thought Ortiz was pretty good, at least. I know I've heard that name yeah. shit ton. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's he's also on like steroids, a... <laughs> allegedly. No, he's fine. Yeah. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. First ballot Hall of Famer, David Ortiz. Um, Who couldn't hit in Minnesota. All of a sudden, he comes to the Red Sox crushing balls left and right. <laughs> it's a, it's, I wonder how that happened. Oh, to get it's a, mu- a sabermetrics. That's he had right. He to get a much larger helmet <laughs> yeah, yeah. size for some reason. It was a sabermetrics. Yeah. Well, the air is different here than Minnesota. Right. His head expanded. Went down yeah, right. two cup sizes. Yeah. <laughs> um, allegedly... That that whole allegedly sure I don't want to get sued. Yeah, he was he was caught up in um, package of results that he was caught up in were like all tainted or something, so they all yeah, had to get no, thrown no, out. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, right. somebody did allegedly something. for sure. Right. The results were tainted. That sounds like you hired a very expensive PI to like <laughs> drop something from the ceiling. I don't know. <laughs> and and Manny's you know Manny was really good. He, he Manny could hit like nobody else, but he couldn't. You're right. He couldn't field. Couldn't run the bases. So, you but know, but the save metrics I think work in that you saw to pay him. A hundred million right. dollars, you know what I mean? But right, yeah. The, the A's couldn't have afforded him. Right. Once Ortiz proved to be an actual right. good player. But Jonah Hills says, Johnny, I'm glad you got rid of Johnny Damon because you can do there's so many more possibilities. But Johnny Damon goes on to win two World Series and Billy Bean still is looking to win the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. I think if not for personality, I think Damon is like the leadoff hitter, but he's not like the reason that right, sure, those sure. teams win. Whereas no, right, he right, would have, right. they would have had to pay him like that in Oakland. I right, guess, right. Mm. No, yeah, right. I get that. I yeah. Get that. I'm sure there's a ton of people doing it, but it almost seems like, you know, the Red Sox need to do a specific type of money ball to put their team together, but then they need to do like a reverse analysis on like what is going to be the best thing for other teams because that's how you end up with that Dice K person is like they should have known we should not put this people person in here because anyone Probably. trying to make a budget team they're going to love this shit. Right. Well, then everything was very hush hush, right? Like you couldn't even speak to him yeah, without paying weird. the money. For it, it was so weird. I just kept seeing yeah. articles. They paid about like it. 50 million bucks just to talk to the guy. Yeah. 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 It was really weird. Mm. I, I would have just get... been like, all right, I'm not signing with anyone. I got my yeah. 50. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I do want to touch on with this movie is that, um, I, I think this is the part that we weren't recording for, but with the way that the Oscars went and it, relegating editing and score and sound design, which is now just sound design and sound mixing used to be different categories. Now it's just best sound Mm. Um, with all that stuff being kind of relegated. That's been sort of top of my mind. So watching this movie, it really hits you that like, there's not a lot of action. If there's, if it's not for the editing and the sound design and the score, this movie is probably pretty boring, but those things are all so good. There's so much, the editing is so, it just, it just moves you, it just moves you along because I feel like anytime there's a success, it, when they win the 20th game, it's the most sort of standard sports movie moment. Hatterberg hits the walk-off home run and he comes in, but then it cuts to Billy Bean and he's by himself in the weight room Yep, and he's like, kind of like overcome with emotion, kind of fist pumping. And it's just like basically silent, and then right. that's what you're cutting that's, between. That's the climax of the film, right? Pretty much, yeah. Like I and said, then, the perfect amount of baseball. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> and then like the next scene is them losing, which would have been like almost two months after the other right. game. Um, and uh, but the sound design that is is so cool to me is that they're intercutting like the sports talk call-ins with all these different montages and stuff. Yeah, and it's just like they never have to establish 
oh, well, here's, oh, he's walking by a guy who's listening to a radio. They never bother with any of that. You just sort of understand the language of the film. Right. I, I don't think you needed to even like, yeah. I mean, my dad it's, it's used just to listen so cool. to sports radio all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm just a, like, this is just a thing people are constantly listening to. You should be aware that that's like the voices just coming at you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But the, the, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. They, they do an excellent job of that. It's, yeah. uh, that's what makes, that's what makes the movie. 100%. The, the cliche Amen. thing would be if there was like a newspaper headline that pops up on screen, right. like yeah, right. Billy being in trouble. Right. What's he doing? Right. You know? But the, oh, but they never that never happens. No, it never it's happens. It's only just the background noise that yeah comes through as which he says don't listen to. It's right. background noise, and that's yeah. literally it is like the background noise right. of the movie. I don't know if it was intentional, but it really made me just hate announcers. I just I could not stand <laughs> yeah. like all of their Sometimes. bullshit. They're just like oh well the psychology like you don't know shit about psychology, man. <laughs> yeah. Like you're a fucking sports announcer. Right, like right, stop right. talking. I don't know. It's it just what they get paid to do. It just seemed like it was just like so arrogant where it, there wasn't like a this is my opinion. It was just like oh well this guy clearly is blah 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 blah. It's like is yeah. he clearly like did you sit down and talk to him? Like do you have a degree in psychoanalysis? Like where the hell is this shit coming from? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but so, Scott Hattieberg does stink. So <laughs> that they were right about that. That's also a great line when he's like, "I want to talk about Scott Hattieberg," and someone goes, "Who?" And he goes, "Ah, sounds like an Oakland Day already." <laughs> I like that. Um, like we were saying before, there's there's definitely a balance of pure sabermetrics versus actual old school feel, and especially like the money to afford the best version of this. Um, but there is a lot of bullshit on the side of just like, right. you know, well, like, swing type and, and body type. The problem with that kind of shit is like there is a slight point with confidence, but it's it's once you start putting these ideas in people's heads, they can start to become self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. And it's just like you're making these wild assumptions. Like for all you know, this game was because the person's like, you know, best friend back home died and they performed poorly. And you're like, oh, see, it's because he does blah, blah, blah. And now that person's like, sure. it, I don't know. It just really like comment on the game don't comment on the person <laughs> right, right, right. that's that was my take from it but i'm sure people love all of the commentary yeah and also a special cameo in this movie is robin wright yeah and cameoing with robin wright who plays sharon his ex-wife oh okay. her new partner i don't know if they're dating or married at the time is yeah. spike jones filmmaker oh, spike jones uh most most recently seen in jackass forever but um one of the most interesting careers of all time that he just shows up in movies. Sometimes he helps Jeff Tremaine make the jackass movies. <laughs> the wife dynamic was interesting. I, I don't know what points they were trying to make there, but like, it was just very brief. And that was just a weird thing. Like, Oh, parenting while divorce is very tough. Yeah. Co-parenting yeah. is tough. <laughs> yeah. And like Brad Pitt's like, like the guy who's Spike Jones is playing is obviously not interested in baseball, but is like genuinely trying to make an effort. Yeah, right, right. Yes. And Brad Pitt's kind of just a dick to him. I think it's like, you can totally right. understand those people being exactly like that. Oh yeah. Just a relatable human moment. It's like, that's something that uh, me and her mom will talk about. <laughs> you don't need to be part of that conversation. Yeah. It, it is funny though, the, the specific t cell phone at 12. Now it's like cell phone at eight and a half. Like honestly. Yeah. <laughs> cell phone out the womb. Seriously. I mean, now you wouldn't even blink twice. It's like you'd say somebody has no. to have a cell phone at 12. They like, would have already had an iPad for years. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, as soon as they're going over to friends' houses, it's like, all right, you got to have your own phone because you know they don't have a fucking house phone. Right. Yeah. You won't be able to call back. 
So this movie ends up getting nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Actor for Brad Pitt, Supporting Actor for Jonah Hill, Adapted Screenplay. Technically, all of the people who worked on a version of the screenplay were nominated. So Stan Shervin, Steve Zalian, and Aaron Sorkin, even though I'm pretty sure it's really just Aaron Sorkin, but Sorkin wanted those other guys to get credit too. Uh, Film editing and sound mixing are all in there too. Um, Yeah, especially the editing, the mixing, and the screenplay. Absolutely, I agree with those. Um, I really, really do feel like Brad Pitt should have won one best actor. Yeah, I think think he should have won for that too. Who who beat him that year? So it's the 2011 season, Mm. and that is, of course, how can we forget Jean Dujardin in The Artist? Oh, of course. What? (laughs) Jean Dujardin in The Artist. Yes, a movie we've all seen. As um, I referenced, and I think the part we cut out, Coda, I think occupies maybe the same Best Picture winner status as like The Artist. Oh. A movie that everyone liked, and we don't really think about Jean Dujardin's Best Actor winning turn in it too much. This was, I think Brad Pitt got snubbed. I'm like 90% sure, and I've never heard that name before. Uh, The other ones are George Clooney in The Descendants, Gary Oldman in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That oh, movie, a good movie. That yeah. movie kicks ass. That movie's really good. Okay. Um, and uh, Damian Bashir in A Better Life. Yeah, Brad, I mean, that's an easy Brad Pitt win. Yeah, I think so. That, I think so. That's one of the ones you look so, back on. Like, are, do we seriously the case of not? Hollywood get, being too Hollywood. <laughs> I, I can see that. I don't think the Academy gave a shit. They probably didn't even watch the They're movie. Like, uh, yeah, baseball. baseball yeah, right. This. But successful, I, uh, makes sense, best adapted screenplay, because Michael Lewis also wrote uh, The Big Short, mm. and also another great movie that... Sure, the Academy loved it. This is what my broker keeps talking about. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> what a what a credit default swaps. So obviously, this is the the artist year. The artist wins picture, director, and best actor. Um, Jesus. Yeah, Moneyball doesn't even get nominated for best director, and that's Bennett Miller, who has a weird career. He makes a movie called The Cruise that I haven't seen in '98, and then Capote '2005, Moneyball '2011. Fox Catcher 2014. Oh, wow. Hasn't made anything since. Yeah. But three great movies. Yeah. I mean, three really, at least really interesting movies that are all like, you know. Two Hoffman flicks. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He gets two Hoffmans in. Good for him. Um, He just, yeah, he has a really weird career. So this loses to the artist in Best Picture, some other notable nominees. The Help, which... Oh, with Jessica Chastain's win, I think five cast members from The Help have won uh, an acting yeah. Oscar so far. Wow! Um, but but sort of revisited at this point. Very much so. Right. Very much so. That's that's the Hugo year from Scorsese, uh, Midnight in Paris by some guy that they've given a lot of Academy Awards uh-huh. to. <laughs> so what do you have? Another another, oh. <laughs> another questionable. Uh, who has never had to return Academy Awards? Right. Um, but but a good film. Weird, really weird year. <laughs> I don't know. Um, best supporting actor goes to Christopher Plummer and Beginners over Jonah Hill in this. Wow. R.I.P. just recently died. Yeah, he did just recently he die. He's like 141. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm happy Christopher Plummer has an Oscar. It's not yeah. like that big a deal, but I do think Jonah Hill's really good in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another snuff. Yeah, that's that one's tough. Um, Moneyball, good movie. Yeah. I, I would definitely wa- I would watch that again, maybe for the third time, uh, third la- time. later on tonight. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, yeah, Brad Pitt makes the movie. The movie it's just so believable. He does an excellent job. Yeah, yeah. 
You you're, you're glad you finally saw this too? I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but um, it's it was an enjoyable watch, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'll watch this again for yeah, the however absolutely. many of time. Even um, though Scott Hattieberg still stinks and Moneyball is crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our take. Yeah, that's the that's, take. that's the bottom line. <laughs> Um, he means the system, not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Now, yeah. That being said, this movie's terrible. And <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> Why don't you save your money? And uh, I mean, it's just on Netflix. Oh, yeah, we should mention. Um, it is on Netflix. It's when I finished 30. it, I was going to say, when I finished it, a thing popped up, said off Netflix on April 30th. So oh. make sure you record it on your phone. Yeah. You get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned you don't like Jonah Hill as much now. Do you have a Jonah? We should have talked about this before, but do you have like a Jonah Hill pantheon of these are my favorite Jonah Hill performances? Because this is up there for me. This would definitely be up there for me as well. Um, Get him to the Greek would be up there. Yeah, he is good in that. For for me, I I should get it's Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Those are those are probably the top three in no specific order. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, and I hate like discounting comedies just because. So also mentioned, I think he is wonderful in Superbad. No, yeah, Superbad is, I think, for us, because we're all around the same age, is a, you know, defining movie. Yeah, 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 right? yeah it absolutely is. A hundred percent. That was like it's etched into my brain. I've probably right. seen it like fifty fucking yeah, times. Right. So but, um, super relatable. Yeah, it, we were in those positions at one point. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. one that's like, oh, I'll show my kids this to tell what this was like. And then you watch, <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, no, I won't no, show my kids no, this. My kids will never know I've seen it. <laughs> no, I mean, like his acting was good in it. It's just um, he was still like that was like his first movie or right, something right, like right. that. So he didn't really, yeah, I don't think, have, then. have his uh his stride. But um. I wouldn't discount it. I'd say it was still a great acting. Yeah. Yeah. Should also, for me, I think, not that it's a starring role, but a, one of my favorite supporting roles of him is him in This Is The End. Yeah. He's yeah. so good in that movie. <laughs> I need to watch that again. I think I've only seen that one like twice. Uh, I, of course, have it on DVD, but you don't have a way to play DVDs, so I can't give it to you. <laughs> like it's 2007. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's 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 weird because I feel like that's a movie that is bizarre that it isn't talked about more. I don't know. I've never seen it on a streaming service. Nobody ever talks about it. And so I good. feel like it was like the last it like it was called This is the End and it was also just the end of those types of movies. Sure. Like that was the last one that they Yeah. They did, and it just got completely forgotten about. Yeah. I mean, Michael Sarah in that, that's the first time I realized, like, oh, you actually can't act, huh? Like, you don't just always play fucking Michael Sarah and right, everything. Right, 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 like, It's funny. When I was watching a uh, – you remember early pandemic times, there were all these, like, reunions of different movies and stuff, and we're going to, like, get all these people together, and we're going to watch the movie. And there was one for Superbad that I watched. Oh, nice. That was, like, all the actors – you know, Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, Emma Stone, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, they're all there, Christopher awesome. Mintzblass. And um, everyone agreed, like, oh yeah, no, Michael Sarah is the funniest person we've ever met. <laughs> He's so funny. And uh it's weird. He he just decided to stop making movies because everyone was getting mean to him because he was in a bunch of movies. And then everyone was just like, no more Michael Sarah. This is terrible. And that's yeah, when right. Scott Pilgrim came out. And that's yeah, why I got right, such right. bad reviews. Would right. not play any other character except for Michael Sarah. I don't know. I feel like and, he does. Well, George Michael. Yeah. I feel like he does variations <laughs> okay. on it. Because like his character in Scott Pilgrim is like an asshole. That's fair. But he doesn't like recognize it. 
I, which is also ultimately where my where uh, George Michael comes down. But yeah, that's right. later in the in the series. I <laughs> think he just needed to show his range a little bit more. Is the yeah. problem because it was like I mean, everyone got like things. he was like they got he got, got Anne Hathaway where everyone just decided oh we hate this person so they like stop making movies because they're true. like well then fine fuck it yeah it's I, not fair I to never him. I never hated him I was just always like okay and that's yeah well I'm not blaming you personally it was mostly me I had a yeah, blog and I just I went mean, to town anti Michael Sarah blog but uh, and then just on the Jonah Hill tip the 21 and 22 Jump Street I think are really oh yeah, excellent underrated. We didn't do any ratings in Oscar month. We did We did do ratings in rom-com month. Um, I don't know. What batting average would you give this movie? <laughs> On-base percentage, I should say. On-base percentage, I would give 367. it- 367. I would give it the 374, what they were looking for to replace okay, the yeah. three Js. That's what it was, right? A number, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd give it a number also. A good yeah. one. 374. 374, that's good. That, that's a 20-game winning- No good. no decimal, though. I want the full 374. Wow, that's going to be tough. <laughs> You're gonna have to get extra at bats that you're not supposed to have for that. We'll finagle some things. We'll make it work. The players can use steroids. I can cheat too. Yeah. He's like, isn't that the same guy? He's like, no, he's wearing a fake mustache now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Anthony, for being on the podcast. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for listening. Feel free to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, elsewhere. All right. I still haven't gotten my check though. I've been waiting. It's been a lot of episodes. And that's all our time. Have a good uh, week.